Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy. Check 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verse number 12. Some of you have already had a revival. He's got one verse. That means we get out early. Well, this one verse has three points. And those three points have three subpoints. So, we're going to get you out in time. We, I know we have a full day lying ahead for us. And I know uh, these graduates are chomping at the bit because I believe they get to go eat, right? Is that right? So, uh, y'all can have all the crystals you want, okay? I'm sorry, you probably didn't tell them where you were taking them. Oh, well. Second Timothy, we're in chapter 1, look at verse number 12. This is what the Bible says. It says, For the which cause, he's talking about what has transpired before his. He says, For this cause, I also suffer these things. Understand, Paul, of course, imprisoned, uh, he's been beaten, he's had all types of uh, inflictions upon him. We know that he suffered uh, because he asked the Lord, at least uh, we know uh, three times to take the thorn from the flesh. We, we can go on and on. We know about Paul. Paul uh, had a life that uh, where he endured a lot of sufferings and all those sufferings came because of his stand and for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he says all of that. He says, for also I suffered uh, these things. Nevertheless, don't you love that word? He says, now, I understand, I've, I've been beaten, I, I, my, my very life is on the line. You understand, when uh, Paul was in prison, uh, it's not like today. Uh, at any moment, they could come and uh, take him out and cut his head off. Okay, that, that's where we're at with this. Paul uh, suffered. He, uh, he suffered greatly physically, mental anguish and all that. He says, but nevertheless... He says, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Isn't that good? He says, I've suffered all of this. He says, but I'm not ashamed. Why is he not ashamed? For he says, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against, uh, it goes on and it says, against that day. This morning I'm going to preach by God's grace a message, can God really keep you saved? Can God really keep you saved? A couple of weeks ago we looked at, can God really save you? And of course, the answer is yes. But we also need to understand there are those who are confused, if you will. There are those who really do not have this hope that Paul is talking about here. May I remind you, there are a number of uh, denominations that they're uh, church doctrine, if you will. Now, when I tell you this, I'm not saying that everyone that lines up with that denomination believes this way. But this is where they stand, okay? The Methodists, the Wesleyans, 
Free Will Baptist, most holiness churches, a number of the charismatic churches, the Lutherans, the Episcopalians, just to name a few, do not believe that you can keep your salvation. They do not believe in eternal security of the believer. And so I can stand here and we can argue that point. This is not what this is about, okay? This is about what does God's Word say about it? But by the way, while we're on it, this is not in my notes. This is just all free of charge right here. But I'm kind of sick of other people's opinions, aren't you? I mean, you know, this one says this is what we are. And, you know, I told him the other day, uh, in the, we was talking about the theologians and whatnot. And Brother Chris was uh, alluding to uh, some of us in the office as being theologians. And that cut very deeply. Uh, you do know the happiest person in the world is a person who just got saved and has not met a theologian. <laughs> Why? Because they all have opinions. We all have different views. And so no wonder the body of Christ is confused. I even made mention in my Sunday school class, not my Sunday school class, but the Sunday school class that I have privilege of teaching, that uh, I'm kind of sick of the TV preachers, and 95% of those uh, do not believe in eternity security. And you know why? Because they need your money. And, and the best way to get to your money is have control over you. And the best way to control you is to keep you confused about your salvation. Well, one day I'm saved, next day I can lose it. One day I'm saved, next day I'm, I can lose it. And, and here we're going to see what the Bible says. The Bible says that when you're saved and truly saved, then it is secure, it is eternal, it is something that you will have until the Lord Jesus Christ calls you home. And so if you're here today and you're confused or you're feeling like, I don't know if I'm really saved, I'm just going to take you to the Word of God and the Word of God will show you exactly what it says and it will tell you this, if you're saved, you're saved forever. Amen. And so here we look at Paul. Notice a few things here. First of all, we see Paul's conversion. Now, Paul, we understand in Acts chapter 9, verses 4 through 6, Paul is minding kind of on his own business. He's walking to Damascus. And as he's walking to Damascus, he hears a voice from heaven. And the voice says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Isn't it interesting that Paul's response was, Lord, is that you? Now notice who initiated the conversation. God. God said and spoke to Saul. And then this is what Saul, who later becomes Paul, did. He says, is that you, Lord? And he hears three words that radically changed his life forever. I am Jesus. And so here we see he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And notice, 
God was the one that initiated the conversation. And so we have to understand, in order for us to become, uh, to get saved, God initiates the conversation. We call it conviction of the Holy Spirit. We can call it the wooing of the Holy Spirit. God starts to speak to our heart. And conviction comes upon us, and we realize that we're undone. We realize that we're a sinner. We realize that we're in need of a Savior. See, you didn't wake up that day and say, you know what, I need to get saved today. No here's what happens. God spoke to you and started to woo you and God instilled upon you your need for a Savior. And so what is that? Okay, what's the big deal about that? The big deal is Paul believed in a person. Now that's the next thing that we see. He says, I know to whom I have believed. Or it's in the perfect tense, by the way, in whom I have believed. That's perfect tense, which means it's an action that was taken care of completely in the past. Okay? You got that? So when we talk about belief, you have to talk about faith, right? So he placed his face in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the deal. We don't have problems with faith. We exercise faith each and every day. Now, I wasn't in here for the whole time, but I I think I'm pretty confident in this, is that every one of you, before you sit in that pew, none of you looked under the seat to make sure it might hold you up, did you? No. You exercise faith. You believe this pew is going to hold you up. But here's the problem with those who may be confused about is there salvation intact? Is there salvation for all eternity? See, they might have some faith. Oh, you know, we, uh, I've trusted Jesus Christ, but you, uh, you haven't fully. See, that word faith means complete confidence. See, when you sat down, you had complete confidence that he was going to hold you up. But not only that, but there also when you look at that word faith, it means to put your whole weight upon. See, here's the problem with many believers is that we're right like this. Okay, I don't, I'm, see, if you don't not believe that your salvation's eternal, that's exactly how you're practicing your faith. You're not putting your whole weight down. See, when you have full confidence that he says he will do what he said he will do, you'll put your whole weight down. Amen? And so here Paul tells us and reminds us, he says, my salvation is in a person, but he says, I have confidence or I've placed my faith. What did he place his faith on? He placed his faith, if you look at the verse there, that he was able, able, The word able means that he had the power to do what he said he would do. Okay? Now, so so here's, here's the issue here. If we're confused about, can I really be saved for all eternity? Is my salvation intact? Here's the problem that we have, and here's the question that you have to answer. What kind of God do I serve? If I say that I can lose my salvation then what you're saying is that your God doesn't have all power. Because if he had all power, he will do all that he said that he will do. Because the Bible tells us there in Romans 10, 13, whosoever 
call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so here we see that Paul understood that he was able to do what he said that he would do. He had complete confidence that the Lord saved him and that he didn't have to worry about it anymore. But also we notice that he talks about his confidence. Now what's his confidence? He says, I know. I know that word know means to have a personal relationship with. Okay, let me, let, let, let me flesh this out, if you will. We use that term a lot, don't we? Like Travis. You know Travis Beach? Oh, yeah, I know him. Well, how do you know him? Well, you know that he helps, he's helping us with our music. You know he teaches a Sunday school class. But you really don't know. You know of him. See, there's a lot of people we say we know, but we really don't know because we've never had a personal relationship with him. My wife, Donna. I can confidently tell you I know her. Why? Because I have a personal relationship with her. See, I've I've been with her and I I spent time with her. And and, uh, before I knew her, I knew of her though. See, maybe that's some of the problem that we have of those who believe that you can lose your salvation. Maybe you really don't know him. Because if you really knew him, you would have confidence that he will do what he said he would do. And so uh, in, in the relationship, personal relationship, see, I, know, I can t- confidently tell you I know her. It's to the point now where we'll finish each other's sentence. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Well, As we know, when I'm going with my chauffeur, Rebecca, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say something and I'll say, well, I don't think your mom would like that. And she'll look at me and she says, yeah, you're probably right, Dad. Now, why can we say that? Because we know her. See, we know her habits. We know her mannerisms. We know, uh, we know sometimes how she thinks. And so in Philippians 2.5, it talks about having the mind of Christ. How do you have the mind of Christ? You have to spend time, right? You have to have a relationship. See, Paul was confident that his salvation was intact and that his salvation was for eternity. Why? Because he knew the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. But then we also see that word, uh, he said, and I'm almost persuaded persuaded that he will do what he said he would do. Uh, if you look in 1 Peter ch- chapter 1, verse number 5, uh, Peter there says that I was kept by his power. So here's what we, where we're at right here. How can I know that my salvation is for all eternity? Because I have put full confidence. I placed my faith in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, who I have, uh, have known and I know him and I understood and I understand now that he will keep me not by my power, but I'm kept by his power. And the last time I checked, he does a pretty good job of keeping He has a pretty good job. Matter of fact, his track record, he's batting a thousand. Amen. 
He has promised us that he will keep us. And that's the reason why Paul goes on and later says that we have this hope of glory. He also says uh, a number of times that we can have hope. This, more, uh, this afternoon, I'm going to be preaching uh, Brother Frank's service. And, and I'm not just going to be honest with you. I, was, I always want to try to be personal. I don't want to just have a cookie uh, cutter type of a message. You know, just, you know, I'll, I'll preach this a hundred times. I want to do something different, something fresh, and something that's going to bring comfort to this family. And I started uh, praying about this, and here's the word that popped up, hope. 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 We have hope. How in the world can you say you help, have hope in Jesus Christ if you think you can lose your salvation? That's not, see, here's the problem. It, it, we, we, many people have a hope so. But I'm telling you, the Word of God shows us very clearly that you can know. You don't have to hope so. You can know so that you have been... Why? Because it's not based on your performance or my performance. The, John In John 14, the, uh, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. And then, he, of course, we know he goes and he's talking. These are some of the last words as he goes to the cross to die for our sins. And, and he tells them, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, be anxi- don't have these anxieties. And then he goes on and says, Because in my Father's house are many mansions. See, Jesus, right before he went to his death, he was giving them something to hope for. But then we also see in in, uh, Psalms, Psalms 23, David says this. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why could he make a statement like that? Because he had hope that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to take care of the situation. And we can have hope that when I'm saved, He keeps me saved for all eternity. So then we go on, and He talks about uh, His conversion. He talks about His confidence. But I want you to look in Isaiah, Isaiah 26, verse number 4. In Isaiah 26, 4, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but in Isaiah it talks about trusting the Lord. And it says, trust Him forever. And then it goes on and talks about an everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. So here we also see not only do we have an everlasting strength, and everlasting means it never runs out. But we also see in John chapter 10, verses 28 through 29, Jesus is speaking here. I'm paraphrasing. He says, if you've been put in my hand, no one can take you out of it. So when you're in Christ Jesus... And Christ Jesus is in you. Here, I just, this this just came to my mind, right? My wife gets nervous when I say, oh, something just came to my mind. (laughs) If you're in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is in you, and you think you can lose your salvation, then you have just criticized the Lord Jesus. He no longer becomes eternal. Right? If He's in you and, and you're in Him and you say you can lose your salvation, then what you've said is, Lord, you're going to have to do it all over again. 
Lord, you're going, to have to, uh, you're going to have to be born of a virgin again. You're going to have to walk this earth for 33 uh, some odd years. You're going to have to be uh, crucified again. You're going to have to raise, uh, be raised from the dead again. That's exactly what you're saying. Because our salvation is in Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus is in us. And Jesus said it this way. Jesus says, you're in my hand and no one can take you out of my hand. Aren't you glad this morning that you're in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's powerful to keep you in his hand. He's powerful to keep you sealed because he reaches and his fingers come around you and that's a beautiful picture of being sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And he says, he will keep you until the end. But then doesn't stop there. We also see in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, it says, the question was raised, what can separate us from the love of God? And there in those verses it said, nothing. Now, in the Greek, you know what that word in the Greek means? Nothing. It's nothing. He said nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now understand, when you got saved, you recognized the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? You recognized that He loved you enough that He died upon a cruel cross. You understand that His love was abundant love. You understood that His love was for you even when you were unlovable. Aren't you glad of that? See, He loved you when you didn't have your act together. He didn't love you when you got involved in church. He didn't love you until uh, before you... Uh, he, he loved you. He loved you just the way you were, but He didn't want to keep you there. He loved you unconditionally. And so here it says, that, and it said nothing can separate us from the love of God. It means, and it refers back to, to the salvation experience. And see, when I got saved, I understood that loved, Jesus Christ loved me. And because now Jesus Christ loves me, I'm supposed to be able to love others. We talked about that Wednesday night. See, I can love people that are unlovable. Why? Because the love of Jesus Christ is within me. And so that's a part of being saved saved, you start loving people that are unlovable. And because of that, he says, nothing, he's talking about salvation, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, back in the day when Opry land, y'all remember those days? Which was a dumb thing they did when they took that thing down. But anyway, I've gone to meddling now. But um, uh, Rebecca was, I don't know how old Rebecca was, but uh, Donna's sister and a brother-in-law come up from Florida. It was one of those days. The place was packed out. And we went and hooked up with a little friend of hers. And they went and they, uh, the other girl's daddy was supposed to kind of keep an eye on them. They went over to where they had all those uh, little balls and those little things for the smaller kids. But anyway, and so I thought uh, uh, this dear brother was uh, confident and uh, I had trust in him that he was going to take care of the kids and so uh, we we're fixing to go home and he comes up to us and he says uh, 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 and I said what, what's wrong and, and I noticed Rebecca wasn't with him and he said uh, um, oh, we've lost her <laughs> and I said 
okay, that's funny, you know. And, it, and I said, uh, no, really, where is she? He says, I'm telling you, we lost her. They, we really lost her. She's still traumatized by that today. So <laughs> she's here, and she said, Daddy, why did you bring that back up? And i got to get her back in counseling and all that now. <laughs> but we, I mean, so I, I'm, Donna had already gone back to the car, and so the park is emptying, and there's no Rebecca. No Rebecca. And, and so Donna, and, and I'm still pretty cool about it. You know, I'm thinking, ah, yeah, she's going to show up, da, 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 da. So we go to Donna, and Donna has a major meltdown. I mean, major meltdown. I'm talking major meltdown. And she lashes out at me and says, Where's my baby? And she's going on and on and on. And I'm thinking, please give her a tranquilizer. Do something. I said, it's not my fault. I didn't have nothing to do with it. It's Larry's fault. <laughs> and so she says, where's he at? And I said, we're looking, they're looking for, well, why are you out here? You ought to be looking for Rebecca. I said, well, we come to tell you why everybody else is out of the park and we're not. We've lost her. Security's called. I mean, it's a major deal. We're, I mean, it's a major deal. And so oh, we finally, long story short, and I thought, uh, you want to know how the, the story ends up? Well, duh. I mean, we found her. And, and, but uh, that, part, that time of separation, some of you maybe have experienced something similar to that. Separation. But here the Bible tells us when it comes to our salvation, we're never separated. Oh, that's good. We're never separated. We will forever be with the Lord Jesus Christ and He is capable of keeping us and it's not based on anything you can do or you can't do. It's based on what Jesus Christ did for us. And what he did on Calvary was a one-time deal. It's once and for all, for all time. He doesn't have to get up and down, up and down. He did it one time. That was sufficient. He was our ultimate sacrifice. And now that we've been saved, we can be secure in our salvation because it doesn't rest upon us, but rest in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he goes and tells us, talks about the hope of glory we also see it in other passages in Colossians 1 5 and we also see it in uh, uh, other uh, places where he talks about this hope of glory but then there's a, a passage uh, that talks it's in 2 Timothy talks about that uh, if this hope talking about the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus he says if this hope is only for this life we're most miserable. What's he saying? He's saying this hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is not just for here, but it's going to be for there. And I'm telling you, this afternoon, I'm going to be able to stand behind the casket of Mr. Frank Lane, and I'm going to be able to bring comfort to a family that's grieving, and I can base it upon his testimony that we have a blessed hope 
that we will not be separated for long. Isn't that good? And that's exactly what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we look at the question, can God really keep me saved? And I'll sum it up this way. You better believe He can. You better believe He can. And here's where we're at. We're fixing to come into the invitation. And I really believe with all my heart, there's someone here today that's confused on this matter. Oh, you, 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 you got it up here. And, and you want to believe it. But down in your heart, you just don't have that confidence Maybe you've heard of someone that didn't know Scripture quite like they should have, got you confused. Maybe you turned the TV on and listened to a, an evangelist that kept you confused on that matter. But we can go ahead and point fingers all we want to, but you do know who orchestrates all those type of thoughts. It's Satan. And see, Satan wants to keep you confused. Because if he can keep you confused, then you're not going to be able to move forward in your faith and in your service to the Lord Jesus. And that's where he wants you. So today, as we look at the Word of God, do you think that Paul, if he had any doubt about this matter, do you think he would say the things that he'd said could you, would, you, would you think, just, just, just go ahead and, and, and put aside the, the spiritual aspect, but just logically, rationally thinking, why would a man be able to say that you can have this hope of glory? Why would a man that could die at any moment, uh, why, would he, why would he say that he has this confidence that his salvation is for all eternity? Why would David... As he was going through those, uh, that valley there, we've been there, those of us who've gone to Israel. And, and you see how uh, that, uh, that verse just comes alive because uh, it was a very uh, stressful uh, time as you walk and meander your way through and the bandits that would hang out and all that. It was a very difficult time. Why do you think a man would be able to say, Yea, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death? Why do you think Jesus is he's fixing to leave? Some of the last words he says were her, words of hope. As I was thinking about the song that was sung, I told Brother Shane, I said, man, that song is going to work right in uh, what we uh, talked about. Also, uh, the last song about he's our cornerstone in Christ alone, in Christ alone. And we're talking about being set free. And I'm thinking up there, if, if you could lose your salvation, I mean, it's like God would be up there and says, yeah, I set you free, but you know what? Got to bring you back into bondage. That's a cruel God. That's a cruel God. And so here's what you've got to decide today. Do I believe that the Lord that I serve is a one that has all power? Or do I serve a Lord who's wimpy? And there's just some things he can't do. That, 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 that's where we're at with this. 
If you're here today and you do not have that full confidence, you can't put your, all your weight down in the fact that Jesus Christ saved you and He saved you for all eternity. You need to get that settled before you walk out of this building this morning. This invitation is for you. But maybe you're here and maybe you're not even saved. Possibility, is it not? And if you're not saved, then you don't have any hope. See, at least a person that believes the Lord but doesn't have that full confidence, at least he has some hope. But if you're lost today, you have no hope. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ makes a difference in the way you live and the way you die. And I'm grateful to God that I'm going to be able to do a service today where because of the testimony of that man, I can give comfort to that family that tells them that he had a hope of glory. And you can have that hope as well. But how difficult it is, Brother Shane, you know, to look at a family and by all evidence, this person that's laid before you had no hope. And you got to bring comfort to a family. By the way, you can't. Oh, you can muster up a few little words and whatnot, but you really can't bring them hope. And so if you're here today, you've never been saved. You need to get saved today. And when you get saved, you can be saved for all eternity. My grandmother, 91 years old, she was in a denomination that uh, believed you could lose your salvation. Every time you ask my grandmom, my grandmom was a godly lady. I really believe she was saved. But she didn't have a hope. She would always say, well, I hope so. About five years prior to her death, a retired elderly Baptist preacher went and called on her. And she was able to say after that visit with him, I don't know what he said to her. We didn't get into all of that. But after that visit, when you'd ask, Mom Shelby, going to heaven? She says, I sure am. Isn't that a, listen, why would you live your life hoping that maybe you'll get when you know you can get there, not because of what you've done, but because of what he did for you.